0: for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Yes, you heard correct. I'm not Deb Valentine. I am Frank Diaz. That was Frank Morano. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. And I know I did. Well, here is your top five. at five. <laughs>
0: This this is
1: the top five at five. Large cities across the world are canceling New Year's Eve celebrations due to Omicron. However, others, including New York City, are still going ahead with their plans. The U.S. Surgeon General says he's alarmed by the rise in suicides among young people and says COVID has caused a mental health crisis. A black law enforcement organization is backing Eric Adams' position on revamping solitary confinement in jails amid pushback from lawyers to ban it. A whistleblower is accusing the British Council of abandoning teaching staff to the Taliban, including 100 teachers who are not airlifted to safety. Many tributes are being paid to Nobel Peace Prize laureate Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who died at the age of 90 over the weekend. Well, large cities across the world are canceling their New Year's Eve celebrations due to the spread of the Omicron coronavirus variant, while others are still going ahead with their plans. According to Mayor Bill de Blasio, New York City's celebration will go on, but will be scaled back as people will have to be fully vaccinated, wear face masks, and practice social distancing.
2: If you haven't done the full vaccination course yet, go do it. Keep living because we're not going to shut down. I want to be very clear. Uh, we do, I do not believe in shutdowns shutdowns are counterproductive at this point, vaccination is the key, and there's still plenty more people who could get vaccinated or get that booster.
1: Other cities across the globe took a different approach and canceled New Year's Eve celebrations altogether. There will be no fireworks show at the Acropolis in Athens, Greece this year, and authorities canceled all local Christmas and New Year's Eve events. The German cities of Berlin, Frankfurt, and Munich will have all canceled their fireworks celebrations and have prohibited large gatherings due to a feared fifth wave of the virus. However, some will still take place, including in Las Vegas, where the fireworks will be launched from the top of eight casinos on the Strip for eight minutes along with a fireworks show in Downtown Las Vegas. Well, U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy said he's alarmed by the rise in suicides among young people and says COVID has caused a mental health crisis. This comes as parents are railing against school closures and continued mask mandates. COVID dramatically
2: altered kids' experiences at home, at school, and in the community during a crucial period of development. We've seen rates of anxiety and depression among young people increase throughout the pandemic. But it's important to recognize that our children were already struggling before COVID-19 arrived. In 2019, one in three high school students and half of female high school students reported persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness, which was an overall increase of 40% from 10 years prior.
1: Murthy also touched on bereavement and being denied the chance to see friends during lockdowns and school closures. Murthy acknowledged that the pandemic was at least partly to blame for the recent spike in child mental health issues and suicides. Many continue to impose rules such as forcing children to sit masked in silence during break times to try and minimize infection chances. Some school districts rushed to reopen after a sudden spike in suicides they feared were caused by forcing kids to try and learn at home. Last week, Murthy's office issued a mental health advisory after Figures revealed that one in five young people report experiencing symptoms of depression and one in four suffer from anxiety. Well, a black law enforcement organization is backing mayor-elect Eric Adams' position on revamping solitary confinement in New York City jails amid a push by lawmakers to ban the practice. The Blacks in Law Enforcement of America organization is backing Adams' position... On punitive segregation in jails. However, its members recognize, quote, the need for more conscious and humane correctional policies towards incarcerated residents, according to a statement released by the organization. The group cited the New York Post reporting on a spike in assaults against Department of Corrections staff as part of its justification for backing punitive segregation. Adams said earlier this month that he would immediately undo departing Mayor Bill de Blasio's action, actions against solitary. Well, a whistleblower has accused the British Council of abandoning staff to the Taliban. Joe Seaton, a former Afghanistan manager for the organization, said 100 personnel who were on the front lines of teaching had not been airlifted to safety. He claimed bosses helped staff based in Kabul relocate, while those who were the face of Britain across the country remain in hiding from the Taliban. He said these people now faced revenge attacks because of their work for the U.K. Dozens of former staff say that their belief in Britain has been shattered by months of waiting to hear the results of applications to the Afghan Relocations and Assistance Policy Program. They say that no cases appear to have been processed yet. Well, former U.S. President Barack Obama has joined the tributes being paid to Nobel Peace Prize laureate Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who died at the age of 90 over the weekend. Mr. Obama described the churchman as a, quote, mentor, friend, and moral compass. A contemporary of Nelson Mandela, Archbishop Tutu was one of the driving forces behind the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa.
2: When are they really going to learn when they want to tell us even how to mourn. We don't even seem to be human beings at all.
1: South African President Cyril Ramaphosa said that he had helped bequeath a, quote, liberated South Africa. One of the country's best-known figures at home and abroad, Archbishop Tutu was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1984 for his role in the struggle to abolish apartheid in South Africa from 1948 to 1991. All right. 77 WABC time check about 5.07. We've got Brandy Scott with your Traffic and Transit.
3: Well, our biggest issue right now, Jersey Avenue in New Brunswick. You're closed in both directions by Van Dyke Avenue. A crash out there involving a down pole. Great ride inbound across the Hudson River. No delays at the George Lincoln and Hollands. No big issues on the Staten Island Expressway eastbound heading over to the inbound Verrazano. LIE still up to speed approaching the BQE. You're in great shape eastbound from the Cross Island. Doing fine heading across the East River at both the Throgs Neck and Whitestone Bridges moving into Queens. Alternate side ineffective today and mass transit plan some extra time if you're going to be using the subways. MTA is reporting staff shortages this morning. This report is sponsored by Whole Foods Market. Prime members pull out all the stops for your New Year's celebrations with Whole Foods Market. Enjoy 25% off all caviar through January 4th while supplies last. Learn more on the Whole Foods Market app. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Brandy Scott, thank you very much. Well, some more news for you. Vice President Kamala Harris says democracy and the climate crisis are the biggest national security threats facing the United States. But before we get to that story, let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, a slight chance of rain and snow this afternoon, then a slight chance of rain and sleet, increasing clouds with a high near 40 degrees. Tonight, some more possible rain, cloudy with a low around 36. Right now, it's clear and about 30 degrees outside, so it's a little chilly, so wear a jacket if you're going to work this early. Well, more on that story about uh, Vice President Kamala Harris in an interview on CBS over the weekend. Harris appeared to be trying to echo Democrats' warnings about threats to democracy at home and abroad when she said that democracy itself was a threat.
4: People around the world watch what we do as America. And right now we're about to take ourselves off the map as a role model. If we let if we let so people win. destroy one of the most important pillars of a democracy which is free and fair election. You're talking about what's happening in state capitals around the country. I am. I'm talking about that and I'm talking about what's not happening in this capital in Washington DC.
1: She also called for Americans to, quote, fight for the integrity of our democracy as Biden pushed lawmakers to pass voting rights legislation. When asked if she felt any responsibility for the Afghanistan chaos, Harris instead pointed out that it was uh, former President Donald Trump who brokered the deal to leave. She admitted the Taliban's treatment of women and girls is still a concern. Harris has also said that she was the last person in the room when President Joe Biden made the decision to pull out of the country. Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci is admitting that the Biden administration failed to distribute enough at-home COVID tests as Omicron cases spiked 41% overnight and lines were forming at testing sites. In an interview with ABC's Jonathan Karl, Fauci said that COVID cases are soaring, leading to an increased demand for COVID tests that the government does not have enough of.
0: Obviously, testing, John, is going to be very important that we get a greater capability of testing, particularly When the demand for testing is so high, we're at a combination of the Omicron variant itself as well as the holiday season where people want to get that extra level of assuredness that they're protected even if you are vaccinated and boosted. One of the problems is that that's not going to be totally available to everyone until we get to January. And there are still some issues now of people having trouble getting tested. But we're addressing the testing problem, and that very soon that that will be corrected.
1: He added that the Biden administration has increased the production of at-home tests, but it's still not enough. On Tuesday, President Biden promised to deliver 500 million COVID tests to Americans, but had not yet signed a contract to buy them, leading to some criticism. Experts say the Omicron variant appears less likely to cause severe illness than previous COVID strains, though Fauci warned against becoming complacent. Well, Dr. Oz asked fellow TV star Oprah Winfrey to stay out of the Pennsylvania state Senate race where he's seeking the Republican nomination. Uh said, quote, I asked her to stay out. Don't support me because if you get involved in any way, you'll get hurt. And I don't want my friends hurt. Oz made the remarks during a meet and greet with Manhattan Republican grandees at Smith and Walensky Steakhouse in Midtown on December 16th. The event was hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsomisidis, as well as his wife, Margo. The doctor said he had high hopes for the city's incoming mayor, Eric Adams, and that Adam, quote, understands law enforcement issues. Oz also urged attendees to have compassion for Leah Thomas, a controversial transgender University of Pennsylvania swimmer who has broken multiple women's swimming records. Well, major U.S. airlines canceled hundreds more flights on Sunday, the third day in a row of mass cancellations and delays over the Christmas weekend as staff and crew call out sick amid the Omicron surge. According to FlightAware, more than 1,200 U.S. flights were canceled and more than 5,000 were delayed on Sunday. Globally, there were over 2,000 cancellations. Delta and JetBlue each saw over 100 cancellations on Sunday. Globally, the airlines canceled more than 6,000 flights on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after. That includes about 1,700 flights within, into, or out of the United States. Many who were able to fly, though, were trying to be safe amid COVID concerns.
5: I'm wearing two masks because even though I'm vaccinated, that doesn't mean that I can't get COVID.
1: The TSA says it screened about 2.1 million passengers at airports across the country on Thursday, the highest figure since the uptick in holiday travel started just a week ago. Well, the dad who said let's go, Brandon, to Joe Biden on NORAD's Tracker live stream is saying that he has been threatened for using his, quote, freedom of speech. The caller was identified as Jared Schmeck from Oregon, who says that he meant no disrespect. Schmeck said Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon, after his kids told the president what they wanted from Santa Claus.
5: Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree.
1: Schmeck later said it was a joke, but also an expression of his frustration with the president's policies, including vaccine mandates, inflation and supply chain issues. In addition to social media uproar, he says he's gotten vague but threatening phone calls since the exchange. The father said he calls into the NORAD tracker every year and wasn't aware that the call was going to be live streamed. Well, Just got to be careful what you say sometimes. A report from the New York Post says that Canada's federal government admitted to secretly surveilling its population movements during the COVID-19 lockdown by tracking about 33 million phones. According to the Black Locks reporter, which first reported the disclosure, the Public Health Agency of Canada secretly tracked the devices to assess, quote, the public's responsiveness during lockdown measures. According to Statistics Canada, Canada's entire population is about 38 million people. The report says that the... PHAC bought location and movement data from Canadian telecom giant TELUS to understand possible links between the movement of populations within Canada and the spread of COVID-19. A representative says the organization plans to continue tracking population movement for at least the next five years to control other infectious diseases, chronic disease prevention, and mental health. Well, South Africa scaled back contact tracing and requirements for people to self-isolate as it moves toward living with COVID rather than trying to contain it. The government announced a raft of changes Friday, including that people who have been in contact with a confirmed COVID case no longer have to be isolated if they show no symptoms. They only need to monitor their health for five to seven days to avoid large gatherings as well. The country's deputy health minister told broadcaster SABC the move was based on advice from our scientists that it is not really having an impact anymore. South Africa's health department cited the emergence of the Omicron variant as one of the reasons for the change. 77 WABC time check is just about 5.15 You know what that means Mike Garcia is in the studio Doing your sports Who won this weekend? I know the Jets did Finally
5: Oh man What a game it was What a game it was indeed You know you got the Jets Even though the Giants Came up short once again But of course That must make Sid Extremely happy Don't you agree? Yeah probably He's like (laughs) like, yeah (laughs) Uh, Sid sent you. All right, I hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas. This new year is just around the corner, and I'm Mike Garcia here with your early news sports update. Week 16 had a weekend of holiday cheers as our GOAT Tom Brady helped the Tampa Bay Bucks clinch their NFC South Division title by beating the Carolina Panthers 32-6. What a blowout that was. Oh my God! They were depleted, but that didn't stop them from doing what needed to be done. It is their first division title since 2007, and are currently sitting at number four in the playoff picture. Over to the local teams, as we just discussed, the Giants came up short once again as the Philadelphia Eagles defeated them 34 to 10.
1: Justin Alex happy about that? Oh, I can
5: Expect imagine. I can imagine he had a field day with that one. Where the Giants fall <laughs> where the Giants fall the Jets can rise as standing coach Ron Middleton guided the team to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 26 to 21 oh my goodness the NFL is not the only ones that celebrated victories both the New York Knicks and Brooklyn Nets got their wins though as the Knicks beat the Hawks 101 to 87 while the Nets beat the Lakers 122 to 115 but where the NFL and NBA had their celebrations the NHL took another backseat due to COVID-19 and had to postpone their games once again. The NHL are set to resume their games tomorrow night, but we'll have till Wednesday to see our teams, the Rangers, Islanders, and New Jersey Devils, to play and do what they do best. Wednesday night. We just got to be patient. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Mike Garcia on 77
1: WABC. Spectacular! Please, things going to the Super Bowl this year?
5: Oh, Tampa Bay one hundred
1: percent. Yeah, that, that sounds that's what everybody keeps telling me. Well, we'll see what happens. Mike Garcia, thank you very much. All right, time check, five seventeen. Brandi Scott's got your traffic and transit.
3: Well, off to a great start, heading inbound across the Hudson River. No big delays at the George, Lincoln, and Holland. Cross Bronx westbound in great shape, heading over to the outbound George. You're up to speed from the Bruckner through to underneath the apartment. LIE westbound slowing down a little bit, approaching the Clearview. After that, no big delays, heading over to Queens Boulevard. Still in great shape on the BQE, both east and westbound, approaching the Brooklyn Bridge. Belt nice and quiet in both directions, heading over to JFK. Alternate side in effect today, and right now, no big delays on on mass transit, I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Thanks a lot, Brandy. All right, so uh, let's take a look at your forecast on the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, we got a slight chance of rain and snow this afternoon, and then a slight chance of rain and sleet. Some increasing clouds at a high near 40. Tonight, it was some more rain, most likely cloudy with a low of around 36. Right now, it's clear at about 30 degrees outside the 77 WABC studios. So wear a jacket if you're out there. Well, let's take a look at your uh, stocks and your wallet to see, you know, make sure everybody's getting enough money after this holiday season. Now, Asian stocks are mixed and the U.S. equity futures are steady today. i met a mood of caution as traders evaluated spiking coronavirus cases in a weekend pledge of greater economic support from China's central bank. DAZ up about half uh, half a percent in pre market trading. The tech heavy Nasdaq up 0.8 percent. The S P 500 is about 0.6 percent up right now. The market opens today after being on vacation for Christmas Eve. A study from MasterCard Spending Poll says holiday sales rose at the fastest rate in 17 years, despite higher prices and surging COVID cases. The study, which tracked sales between November 1st and December 24th, found that holiday sales had risen 8.5% in a year. The credit card company had only expected a 7.4% increase. Holiday sales were up 10.7% compared with the 2019 holiday period. E commerce sales also made up about 20.9% of the total sales this year, driving the increases. More people buying clothing, jewelry and electronics and in-store shopping rose about 8.1 percent over the period with online sales up by more than 10 percent. Well, speaking of rising prices, President Biden is turning to the federal government's antitrust authorities to try and tame price increases that his administration believes are partly driven by a lack of corporate competition. Biden has prodded the Agriculture Department to investigate large meat packers that control a significant share of poultry and pork markets. He's accusing them of raising prices, underpaying farmers, and tripling their profit margins during the pandemic. He's also publicly encouraging the Federal Trade Commission to investigate accusations that large oil companies are artificially inflating prices even after global oil prices began to fall recently. The push is extended to little-known agencies such as the Federal Maritime Commission, which Biden has urged to search for price gouging by large shipping companies at the heart of the supply chain crisis. The turn to antitrust organizations comes at, from Biden's belief that rising levels of corporate concentration in the United States economy have empowered a few large players in each industry to raise prices higher than a more competitive market would allow. All right, well, let's take a look at your stories going on in New York. The number of positive COVID-19 cases in the state continues to set records as the state confirmed that just over 49,700 positive cases were reported on Christmas Eve alone. That number marks the highest single-day total in the state since the pandemic began. Just over 36,000 people tested positive for COVID on Christmas Day. However, far fewer people were out receiving tests. Almost every day in the past week has set a new record for positive cases since the pandemic began last year. A week prior, there were fewer than 13,000 cases a day reported statewide. Despite these numbers, Governor Kathy Hochul remained optimistic in an address to New Yorkers over the weekend.
4: I know these past 20 months have been very difficult for every New Yorker. And as we continue to navigate through this pandemic and confront this new variant, there's still a lot of uncertainty and fear. I understand, and that's why we're remaining so vigilant in our fight against the virus. But this holiday season, I'm also filled with hope and optimism, because every single day I'm reminded of the strength and compassion and the resilience of the people living in the
1: state. According to statistics, statistics released on Wednesday afternoon, New York has passed 3 million coronavirus cases since the start of the pandemic. Well, city EMS crews were spread thin on Christmas as hundreds called out sick while those who remained on the job had to answer more than 4,000 calls, many from unvaccinated residents suffering from COVID-related issues. According to the Daily News, nearly 19% of the city's more than 4,000 EMS workers were out sick on Saturday, up from a typical rate of about 5%. Those who remained on the job over the holiday responded to about 4,500 ambulance calls a day, up about 10% in previous years as Omicron cases continue to surge through the five boroughs. Hospitalizations are up about 20% week on week, although Mayor Bill de Blasio insists the current numbers are manageable. Multiple studies shows that Omicron causes less severe illness and reduces the chance of hospitalization. To meet the surge in cases, NYPD officials Friday eliminated the department's cap on overtime work for EMS employees and announced they would let crews work up to 18-hour shifts at their discretion. Personal leave has also been temporarily eliminated and most training classes have been suspended to free up crews to respond to calls. Well, new state data reveals that The number of residents who received government-funded Medicaid health insurance has skyrocketed to historic highs during the COVID-19 pandemic. The numbers show that the soaring enrollment due to job and income loss exploded nearly 1.5 million claimants statewide since the pandemic started. In January of 2020, about 6.1 million of the state's 19.8 million residents were enrolled in the program. State health officials say that they expect that figure to now hit nearly 7.6 million by March, up from the current 7.2 million. More than 4 million New York City residents were enrolled in Medicaid by August. Well, Incoming schools chancellor David Banks is vowing to shake up the Department of Education. In his acceptance speech, Banks addressed the bloat as he blasted the DOE, noting that 65% of black and Hispanic kids lack proficiency in math and reading. Here's Banks on New York One. Building
6: on uh, and making sure that we integrate our schools will be a priority. But I will tell you, even above that, will be just building quality schools. Parents are looking for quality schools. And when they don't get that, the reason why they look to go to schools on the other side of town is because they don't find the opportunities that they need for their child in their own neighborhoods. So we want to expand on many opportunities, continue to build high quality seats, high quality schools. That's what parents are looking for. They're looking for great schools in their neighborhoods.
1: According to the city's independent budget office, the DOE's annual budget has ballooned from 20 billion billion to a whopping 31.6 billion in the last 7 years. The staggering number of managers, analysts, supervisors, and specialists who don't actually step foot in classrooms has also risen to 5100 from 3500 since 2014. Just over 2200 of them received salaries between 100,000 and 200,000 in the last fiscal year. Well, New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bill Bratton, Bratton got into a Twitter war of words over the NYPD's role in helping the homeless in response to a viral tweet from Bratton showing people sleeping aboard a subway train last week. You know why New York's recovery isn't happening, Bratton wrote, along with the photo of several people who appear homeless sleeping aboard an E-train in Midtown. He added, why should working people and tourists be subjected to this? How is it fair to those who need services? Imagine the cop's frustration with no support to deal with it. Bratton, who served two stints as the top cop under Rudy Giuliani and Mayor de Blasio, blamed city and state leaders for policies that led to similar scenes across the Big Apple. AOC replied with, quote, it's not policing's job or purpose to address housing, provide health care or counseling or solve the reasons people sleep on the subway. Maybe if we shifted some of that 11 billion dollars a year spent on robo dogs to housing services, we could get somewhere. She added that the real issue is addressing why the homeless are ending up on subways, not why the working people have to deal with them on their commutes. Well, someone smashed into a display window at a Super Dry in Herald Square Sunday and made off with mannequins' clothes, leaving one plastic dummy on the sidewalk. Some tourists even thought they were stumbling on an actual dead body. A store worker said that whoever committed the crime probably got away with around 1000 to $2,000 worth of clothing because the four mannequins were heavily dressed in winter clothes. Photos show the shattered glass around the sidewalk in front of the smashed-in window, and the mannequin sprawled like a crime victim next to it, police say. Investigating the incident. Well, everyone loves a good slice of pizza in New York, especially when it's a dollar, but that price point could be under threat due to rising costs. According to The Guardian, rent increases and in supply chain problems leading to inflation is pushing up the cost of oil, cheese, wheat, and meat. That sounds really good right now. Deliveries are spotty. Tomato sauce is facing higher shipping costs, and pizza boxes are getting harder to come by. The report also says that many people rely on the cheap slices because it's fast and cheap. There are roughly 1,700 pizzerias across New York City. I'm kind of a pizza stop myself, like Frank Murano as well. I could always appreciate a good slice. So, you know, even that dollar one. <laughs> Time check, 527. Randy Scott has got your traffic and transit.
3: Well, we're starting to slow down on the belt westbound, heading over to Farmers Boulevard, a crash out there blocking a lane. After that, no big issues, heading over to Cross Bay Boulevard. You've got a problem-free ride on the Grand Central, approaching LaGuardia, westbound looking good from Utopia Parkway. Inbound, Gowanus up to speed, heading over to the BQE from the belt merge. Moving well, heading across the East River, using the Manhattan leg of the Tribro Bridge. Just some minor slowdowns on the Cross Bronx eastbound, heading over to Jerome. Westbound side looking good approaching the outbound George. Still no big delays if you're heading inbound across the Hudson River at the George Lincoln and Holland's alternate side in effect today. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. If the new year calls for more hiring, check out Indeed. Their all-in-one hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview quality candidates all in one place. Sponsor your first job at Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio seventy seven W A B C.
1: Brandy Scott, thank you very much. All right, let's take a look at your forecast on the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A slight chance of rain and snow today, then a slight chance of rain and sleet later on, increasing clouds with a high near forty degrees. Well tonight we might get some more rain cloudy with a low around thirty six. Right now it's clear and about thirty degrees outside. Well, Uma Abedin, the former longtime aide to Hillary Clinton, said that the final straw for her came when the New York Post published a photo on its front page of her husband, disgraced Congressman Anthony Weiner, sexting while lying in bed with their young son. Abedin, who was working on Clinton's presidential run at the time, also acknowledged that the incident prompted ACS to launch an investigation into whether she was a fit parent for leaving her then three-year-old son Jordan with Weiner. On CNN's "City of the Union, she described herself as constantly feeling torn between leaving for the campaign trail and staying at home to take care of their son.
4: I do think, for me, uh, every time I was making a decision as it related to my marriage, somebody was making a judgment about You were judged big time. I was judged big time, and, and to the point you made about strangers coming up to me or friends coming up to me saying they've uh, been in similar situations. They'll say the same thing. I just had to go through all of this on the front page of the newspaper.
1: Uh, but he recounted her feelings about Weiner's behavior in a memoir titled Both and A Life in Many Words that was published back in October. The revelation in 2016 by the post of the photo of Wiener, a one-time rising political star in the Democratic Party, sexting a young North Carolina teen girl forced her to confront the realities of her marriage with him. She went on to file for divorce from Wiener shortly, shortly after he pleaded guilty in federal court to sexting with a minor In May of 2017. All right. Up next is your top five at five thirty, and probably we'll talk about pizza again. We'll be right back.
0: Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back from your holiday weekend. I'm Frank Diaz. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. Right now, it's time for your top five at five thirty. It's the top five at five thirty. Well, large cities across the world are canceling New Year's Eve celebrations due to Omicron. However, others, including New York City, are still going ahead with their plans. The U.S. Surgeon General says he's alarmed by the rise in suicides among young people and says that COVID has caused a mental health crisis. A black law enforcement organization is backing Eric Adams' position on revamping solitary confinement in jails amid pushback from lawmakers that ban it. A whistleblower is accusing the British Council of abandoning teaching staff to the Taliban, including 100 teachers who were not airlifted to safety. Many tributes are being paid to Nobel Peace Prize laureate Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who died at the age of 90 over the weekend. Well, some large cities across the world are canceling their New Year's Eve celebrations due to the spread of the Omicron coronavirus variant, while others are still going on with their plans. According to Mayor de Blasio, New York City's celebration will go on, but will be scaled back as people will have to be fully vaccinated, wear face masks and practice social distancing.
2: If you haven't done the full vaccination course yet, go do it. Keep living because we're not going to shut down. I want to be very clear. Uh, We I do not believe in shutdowns. Shutdowns are counterproductive at this point. Vaccination is the key. And there's still plenty more people who could get vaccinated or get that booster.
1: As you remember, also, the original capacity for New Year's was about seventy five thousand. And it's now scaled back to about eighteen thousand. Other cities across the globe took a different approach and canceled New Year's Eve celebrations altogether. There will be no fireworks show at the Acropolis in Athens, Greece this year, and authorities canceled all local Christmas and New Year's Eve events. German cities of Berlin, Frankfurt, and Munich have all canceled their fireworks celebrations and have prohibited large gatherings due to a feared fifth wave of the virus. However, some will still take place, including in Las Vegas, where fireworks will be launched from the top of eight casinos on the Strip for eight minutes along with a fireworks show in downtown Las Vegas. Well, U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy says he's alarmed by the rise in suicides among young people and says COVID has caused a mental health crisis. This comes as parents are railing against school closures and continued mask mandates. COVID
2: dramatically altered kids' experiences at home, at school and in the community during a crucial period of development. We've seen rates of anxiety and depression among young people increase throughout the pandemic. But it's important to recognize that our children were already struggling before COVID-19 arrived. In 2019, one in three high school students and half of female high school students reported persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness, which was an overall increase of 40% from 10
1: years prior. Murthy also touched on bereavement and being denied the chance to see friends during lockdowns and school closures. Murthy acknowledged that the pandemic was at least partly to blame for the recent spike in child mental health issues and suicides. Many continue to impose rules such as forcing children to sit masked and in silence during break times to try and minimize infection chances. Some school districts rush to reopen after a sudden spike on suicides they fear were caused by forcing kids to try and learn at home. Last week, Murphy's office issued a mental health advisory after figures revealed that one in five young people report experiencing symptoms of depression and one in four suffer from anxiety. Well, the Black Law Enforcement Organization is backing Mayor-elect Eric Adams' position on revamping solitary confinement in New York City jails amid a push by lawmakers to ban the practice. The Blacks in Law Enforcement of America organization is backing Adams' position on punitive segregation in jails. However, its members recognize, quote, the need for more conscious and humane correctional policies towards incarcerated residents, according to a statement released by the organization. The group cited the New York Post reporting on a spike in assault against DOC staff as part of its justification for backing punitive segregation. Adams earlier this month said he's going to immediately undo departing Mayor Bill de Blasio's actions against Solitary. Well, a whistleblower has accused the British, British Council of abandoning staff to the Taliban. Joe Seaton, a former Afghanistan manager for the organization, said 100 personnel who are on the front lines of teaching had not been airlifted to safety. He claimed bosses helped staff based in Kabul relocate, while those were the face of Britain across the country remain in hiding from the Taliban. He said these people now face revenge attacks because of their work for the UK. Dozens of former staff say that their belief in Britain has been shattered by months of waiting to hear the results of applications to the Afghan Relocations and Assistance Policy Program. They said that no cases appear to have been processed yet. Oh, well, 77 WABC time check, 537. It looks like it's time for Traffic and Transit with Brandy Scott.
3: Well, we still have that crash on the belt westbound over by Farmers Boulevard, a lane out there. Delays are building. It's a stop-and-go ride from Sunrise Highway. Picking up some volume on the BQE eastbound, heading over to Atlantic Avenue. You're slow there from the inbound Gowanus. Still moving well on the LIE westbound, approaching the BQE from the Cross Island. No big delays inbound across the Hudson River at the George, Lincoln, and Hollands. Over in New Jersey, 17 northbound, a little bit heavy, approaching Route 4 in Paramus from Passaic Street in Rochelle Park. Right now, Mass transit is on or close, but the MTA reporting some staffing issues today. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio seventy seven W A B C
1: Brandy Scott, thank you very much. All right, let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A uh, slight chance of rain and snow today going into this afternoon, and then a slight chance of rain and sleet. Increasing clouds with a high near 40. Tonight will some more possible rain, cloudy with a low around 36. Right now it's clear and it's about 30 degrees outside. Well, former U.S. President Barack Obama has joined the tributes being paid to Nobel Peace Prize laureate Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who died at the age of 90 over the weekend. Mr. Obama described the churchman as a quote, mentor, friend and moral compass a contemporary of nelson mandela archbishop tutu was one of the driving forces behind the anti-apartheid movement in south africa
2: when are they really going to learn when they want to tell us even how to mourn
5: we don't even seem to be human beings at all
1: South African President Cyril Ramaphosa said that he had helped bequeath a, quote, liberated South Africa. One of the country's best known figures at home and abroad, Archbishop Tutu, was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1984 for his role in the struggle to abolish apartheid in South Africa from 1948 until 1941. Well, a pair of Michigan lawmakers... From opposing parties on Sunday, he described the atmosphere on Capitol Hill in 2021 as, quote, toxic. Michigan Representative Fred Upton spoke about it on CNN's State of the Union. It's pretty toxic,
6: no question about it. I mean, just before we adjourned, uh, probably for the Christmas break, uh, one of our members had their words taken down. Usually you just apologize. You just say, you know what, I was wrong. And you just sit down and life goes on. And no, he couldn't speak the rest of the day. I mean, he, he stood by the words that he had. But, uh, you know, he got... Metal detectors now going on the House floor. We get really nasty threats at home. Uh, the the mm-hmm. tone gets uh, you know, tougher and tougher. It's, it's, it's a pretty toxic place. I've never seen anything like this
1: before. He was joined by Representative Debbie Dingell, who echoed his sentiment.
4: I want the American people to think about what's happening in our country, that this kind of hate, this fear is happening in communities across the country. We need to really worry about our democracy, and find a way that you can disagree with people and do it in a civil and agreeable way. And it really does have me very worried.
1: Upton uh, and Dingle were also asked about the select committee investigating the January 6th attack on, on the Capitol as an example of lawmakers coming together to conduct oversight. Both agreed that it was the right thing to do. Well, Dingle also shared an expletive-laden death threat she got via voicemail recently, two years after Donald Trump slammed her for voting to impeach him and suggested that her late husband was looking up at her from hell.
0: You goddamn old senile, b****. You're, you're as old and ugly as Biden. You ought to get the b**** f- off the planet, you f- foul, b****. They ought to b**** f- cry you for treason, b****. You and every one of these scumbag b-. Friend, i hope your family dies in front of you i pray to god if you got any children they die in your face
1: in december of 2019 trump slammed dingle for voting to impeach him after he says she thanked him for honoring her husband when he died in february of that year dingle tied the hateful messages to trump's conduct saying she's been receiving voicemails like that one shared on sunday for years since her husband died John Dingell died in February 2019 after he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He was 92 years old and is the longest-serving member in Congress, having represented Michigan in the body for more than 59 years. It was unclear when she received the message played on Sunday or who sent it well dr anthony fauci on sunday praised former president donald trump for showing his support of covid vaccines and boosters fauci told abc news's jonathan carl saturday that he was dismayed by the booze the former president received for getting the booster shot but he says he hopes trump continues to speak out in support of vaccines
0: i was a bit dismayed when former president trump came out and made that statement and his followers booed him which i, I was stunned by that i mean given the fact of how popular he is with that group, that they would boo him, which tells me how recalcitrant they are about being told what they should do. And I think that his continuing to say that people should get vaccinated and articulating that to them, in my mind, is a good thing. I hope he keeps it up.
1: The former president was heckled by some of his supporters during an appearance in Dallas with Bill O'Reilly last week after he announced that he got his booster shot.
0: Both the President and I are vaxxed, and uh did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so um oh, don't 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 no. no. That's all there's a very tiny
6: group over there.
1: He later doubled down on his support of the vaccines in an interview with conservative pundit Candace Owens. However, Owens told her supporters to go easy on Trump because he reads mainstream media rather than obscure websites.
3: He believes that because he comes from a generation like people you oftentimes forget, like how old Trump is. He comes from a generation. I've seen other people that are older have the exact same perspective. Like they came from a time before TV, before Internet, before being able to conduct their independent research, you know, and everything that they read in a newspaper if that was pitched to them, like they believed that that was a reality.
1: As of Thursday, 72.7% of all eligible Americans have received at least one dose of the COVID vaccine, and 61.7% are fully vaccinated. Well, Democratic Maryland Senator Ben Cardin Sunday said Democrats are prepared to move forward on the Build Back Better bill, but conceded that a lot of them will be disappointed. Fox News chief Washington correspondent and Fox News Sunday guest host Mike Emanuel asked Cardin if Democrats were open to scaling the trillion dollar bill back even further or passing some measures in the bill as a standalone. Cardin said that this strategy was being negotiated, but stressed that Democrats still needed to shore up the votes after Senator Joe Manchin announced his opposition to the measure.
0: We've made a lot of progress. So we'll get American Rescue Plan done with all the Democrats. We've been able to get a lot of bills through the Senate uh, in unity in the Democratic caucus over the course of, of this year. Uh, we're not there yet. We recognize we still have challenges, but we're not going to give up. It's just too important. We're going to figure out a way to get it done, as the president said uh, this afternoon. Uh, He's confident that he can work out an agreement with Senator Manchin. I know that Senator Schumer is confident that we can get to the finish line.
1: Cardin added that he believed it was possible to craft the legislation in a way that satisfies both sides of the political aisle. All right, 77 WABC time check. It's about 5.45, you know what that means, I hear whistles, it's time for your sports with Mike Garcia, what's up Mike? What's up Frankie, how you doing today? How was your Christmas by the way? It was good, it was really quiet, you know, dinner, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, at my, uh, my grandparents rather I should say, and you know, just, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good, I got some sheets for Christmas for my bed, so that was good, <laughs> I was very happy about that. I got so, a lot of Venom sweaters, I'm actually wearing one right now. I see now. that, I'm a fan, I'm a big fan. Absolutely.
5: First of all, once again, I hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas and a great happy holidays. The new year is just around the corner, and so is the Super Bowl coming up. I'm Mike Garcia here with your early news sports update. Week 16 Week 16? Oh my goodness Week 16 had a weekend of holiday cheers as our GOAT Tom Brady helped the Tampa Bay Bucks clinch their NFC South Division title by beating the Carolina Panthers 32-6 They were depleted but that didn't stop them from doing what needed to be done It is their first division title since 2007 and are currently sitting at number 4 in the playoff picture Over to our local teams the Giants came up short once again as the Philadelphia Eagles defeated them 34-10 I can only imagine how Justin Ellix must have had a field day with that game.
1: Well, he's in St. Martin, so hes I, I doubt he's even thinking about it right now. You know what? That's true. Maybe it's time for him to take
5: his mind a break for a while. Where the Giants fall, the Jets can rise as standing coach Ron Middleton guided the team to defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 26-21, to including the awesome highlight of the Jets' wide receiver Braxton Berrios running 103 yards for his touchdown early in the second quarter. I'm sure that must have made Sid extremely happy, don't you think? Probably. Spectacular! Yeah, exactly. Woo. Spectacular. woo hoo The NFL is not the only ones that celebrated their victories. Both the New York Knicks and Brooklyn Nets got their wins, though, as the Knicks beat the Hawks 101-87 to while the Nets beat the Lakers 122-115. to But where the NFL and NBA had their celebrations, the NHL took another backseat due to COVID-19 and had to postpone their games once again. The NHL are set to resume their games tomorrow night, but we'll have to wait till Wednesday to see our teams rangers islanders and new jersey devils to play and do what they do best that's your early news report sports update i'm mike garcia on 77
1: wabc you know hockey is the one sport that i don't really watch i mean not that i don't like it i just it's one of those things it's like it's like the what's the what's like the perks of being a wallflower you don't you know it's one of those books that you should read but you just don't because you never get to it or something (laughs) have you actually actually have you actually seen a game live i've not do it i would like to do it eventually all right time check 5:47 you know what that means traffic and transit with brandy scott
3: Well, it's a slow go on the belt westbound, heading over to Farmers Boulevard, a collision out there blocking a lane, you're bumper to bumper from Sunrise Highway. After that, no big issues, heading over to JFK, some extra volume on the LIE westbound approaching Queens Boulevard from the Van Wick, heavy ride on the BQE eastbound, heading over to Atlantic Avenue, slow go from the inbound Gowanus, doing fine on the Cross Bronx, heading over to the outbound George, you're up to speed from the Bruckner through to underneath the apartments, still nice and quiet on the inbound side for both the upper and lower decks inbound Lincoln and Holland tunnels will run you about five minutes each alternate side in effect today this report is sponsored by indeed.com if new year calls for more hiring check out indeed their all-in-one hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview quality candidates all in one place visit indeed.com slash credit I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Brandy Scott, thank you very much. All right, let's take a look. Oh, actually, let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A slight chance of rain and snow today, going into this afternoon. Then a slight chance of rain and sleet. Some increasing clouds. At a high near 40 degrees tonight. We'll probably get some more rain. Cloudy with a low around 36. So it won't drop too much. Right now, it's clear outside. Still, still dark, but 30 degrees. So wear a jacket. All right, let's take a look at your wallets, because mine, I know, is pretty thin after this holiday season. Asian stocks were mixed, and U.S. equity futures are steady today. I'm in a mood of caution as traders evaluated a spiking coronavirus cases and a weekend pledge of greater economic support from China's central bank. The Dow's up about half a percent in pre-market trading. The tech-heavy Nasdaq up 0.8%, and the S&P 500's up about 0.6%. The market opens today after being on vacation for Christmas Eve. Well, a study from MasterCard Spending Pulse says holiday sales rose at the fastest rate in 17 years despite higher prices and surging COVID cases. The study which tracked sales between November 1st and December 24th found that holiday sales had risen about 8.5% in a year. The credit card company had only expected about a 7.5% increase. Holiday sales are up just under 11% compared with the 2019 holiday period. E-commerce sales... Made Made up just uh, almost 21% of total sales this year, driving the increases are more people buying clothing, jewelry, and electronics. I, unfortunately, did not buy any electronics this year except for the, uh, the mug that keeps your coffee warm for my mom. In-store shopping rose by 8.1% over the period with online sales up by more than 10%. Well, speaking of rising prices, President Joe Biden is turning to the federal government antitrust authorities to try and tame price increases that his administration believes are Driven by a lack of corporate competition. Biden has prodded the Agriculture Department to investigate large meat packers that control a significant share of poultry and pork markets. He's also accusing them of raising prices, underpaying farmers, and tripling their profit margins during the pandemic. He's also publicly encouraging the Federal Trade Commission to investigate accusations that the large oil companies had artificially inflated prices even after global oil prices began to fall recently. The push has extended to little known agencies such as the Federal Maritime Commission, which I've never heard of before, which Biden has urged to search for price gouging by large shipping companies at the heart of the supply chain. The turn to antitrust organizations comes from Biden's belief that rising levels of corporate concentration in the United States economies have empowered a few large players in each industry to raise prices higher than a more competitive market would allow. All right, well... The number of positive COVID-19 cases in New York continues to set records as the state confirmed that just over 49,700 positive cases were reported on Christmas Eve alone. That number marks the highest single day total in the state since the pandemic began. Just over 36,000 people tested positive for COVID on Christmas Day. However, far fewer people were out receiving tests. What a time to get sick that doesn't sound that great. Almost every day in the past week has set a new record for positive cases since the pandemic began last year. A prior week, there are fewer than 13,000 cases a day reported statewide. Despite these numbers, Governor Kathy Hochul remained optimistic in an address to New Yorkers over the Christmas weekend. I know
4: these past 20 months have been very difficult for every New Yorker. And as we continue to navigate through this pandemic and confront this new variant, There's still a lot of uncertainty and fear. I understand, and that's why we're remaining so vigilant in our fight against the virus. But this holiday season, I'm also filled with hope and optimism, because every single day I'm reminded of the strength and compassion and the resilience of the people living in this state.
1: According to statistics released on Wednesday, New York has passed 3 million coronavirus cases since the start of the pandemic. 3 million, and in the state alone. Wow, that's a lot. We'll see. City EMS crews were spread thin on Christmas as hundreds called out sick, while those who remained on the job had to answer more than 4,000 calls, mainly from unvaccinated residents suffering from COVID-related issues. According to the Daily News, nearly about 19% of the city's more than 4,000 EMS workers were out sick Saturday, up from a typical rate of about 5%. Those who remained on the job over the holiday responded to about 4,500 ambulance calls a day, up about 10% in previous years as Omicron continued to surge through the five boroughs. Hospitalizations are up about 20% week over week, although Mayor de Blasio insists that the current numbers are manageable multiple studies showing that omicron causes less severe illness and reduces the chance of hospitalization to meet this urgent cases nypd officials friday eliminated the department's cap on overtime work for ems employees and announced that they would let crews work up to 18-hour shifts at their discretion personal Leave has also been eliminated temporarily, and most training classes have been suspended to free up crews to respond to calls. Well, new state data reveals the number of residents who received government funded Medicaid health insurance has skyrocketed to historic highs during the COVID nineteen pandemic. The numbers show that soaring enrollment due to job and income loss exploded nearly one point five million claimants statewide since the pandemic hit. In January of twenty twenty, about six point one million of the state's nineteen point eight million residents were enrolled in the program. State health officials say they expect that figure to now hit Nearly seven point six million by March up from the current seven point two million. More than four million New York City residents were enrolled in Medicaid by August. Well, incoming schools chancellor David Banks is vowing to shake up the Department of Education. In his acceptance speech, Banks addressed the bloat as he blasted the DOE, noting that sixty-five percent of black and Hispanic kids lack proficiency in math and reading. Here's Banks on New York One. Building
6: on uh, and making sure that we integrate our schools will be a priority. But I will tell you, even above that will be just building quality schools. Parents are looking for quality schools. And when they don't get that, the reason why they look to go to schools on the other side of town is because they don't find the opportunities that they need for their child in their own neighborhoods. So we want to expand on many opportunities, continue to build high quality seats, high quality schools. That's what parents are looking for. They're looking for great schools in their neighborhoods.
1: According to the city's independent budget office, the DOE's annual budget ballooned from about $20 billion to a whopping $31.6 billion in the last seven years. The staggering number of managers, analysts, supervisors, and specialists who don't step foot in classrooms has also risen to about 5,100 from 3,500 since 2014. Just over 2,200 of them received salaries between 100000 and $200,000 in the last fiscal year. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and former police commissioner Bill Bratton got into a Twitter war of words over the NYPD's role in helping the homeless. This is in response to a viral tweet that Bratton showed people sleeping aboard a subway train. Bratton said in the tweet, "You know why New York City's recovery, New York's recovery, isn't happening?" Uh, posted along with a photo of several people who appear to be homeless sleeping on an E train from uh, Midtown early Wednesday, he added, "Why should working people and tourists be subjected to this? How is it fair to those who need services? Imagine the cops' frustration with no support to deal with it." Bratton, who served two stints as the top cop under Rudy Giuliani and Mayor Bill De Blasio, Blame city and state leaders for policies that led to similar scenes across the Big Apple. AOC replied with, quote, it's not policing's job or purpose to address housing, provide health care or counseling or solve the reasons people sleep on the subway. Maybe if we shifted some of that 11 billion dollars a year spent on robo dogs to housing services, we could get somewhere. She added that the real issue is addressing why the homeless are ending up on subways, not why, quote, working people have to deal with it on their commutes. 77 WABC time check. 557. You know what that means. Brandy Scott has your traffic and transit.
3: Well, it's a problem-free ride over at the Tappan Zee Bridge if you're making your way into Rockland County. No delays on 287 westbound from 22 in White Plains. Hutch southbound up to speed approaching the Cross County from Amaranac Avenue. You're looking good on the Cross Bronx westbound heading to the outbound George. Nice and quiet there from the Bruckner on through to underneath the apartments. Slowing down a little bit on the Harlem River Drive southbound approaching the Triborough. Once you're on the FDR, no big issues heading over to the Battery Tunnel. A little bit heavy on the BQE. Eastbound approaching Atlantic Avenue. You're hitting the brakes there from the inbound Gowanus. Still have that crash on the belt westbound by Farmers Boulevard. It's a bumper-to-bumper ride from Sunrise Highway. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. If New Year's calls for new hiring, check out Indeed. Their all-in-one hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview quality candidates all in one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit for more details. I'm Brandi Scott on Sock Radio 77 WABC.
1: Brandy Scott, thank you very much. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center for the final time this hour. A slight chance of rain and snow today going into this afternoon, and then a slight chance of rain and sleet later on, increasing clouds of a high near 40 degrees. Tonight, it's going to be some more possible rain, cloudy with a low around 36. Right now, it's clear at about 30 degrees. All right, let's just do one quick thing. Everybody loves a good slice of pizza in New York, especially when it's a dollar. I know I do because I'm born and raised in the Bronx and I live for pizza, but that price point could be under threat due to rising costs according to the guardian rent increases and supply chain problems leading to inflation is pushing up the cost of oil cheese wheat and meat uh, maybe because i'm just hungry and i haven't had breakfast yet but i'm hungry deliveries are spotty tomato sauce is facing higher costs and pizza boxes are coming harder to come by there are roughly 1700 pizzerias across new york city all right i'm just about out of time Thank you for listening to 77 WABC Early News. I will be here all week doing the show. Up next is Russ Salzburg, Curtis Leeway, in for Bernie instead of the morning. So uh, let's see what they got to say today. Thanks a lot. I'll see you guys tomorrow.